This is Roaring Light, your daily dose of faith, news, and community happenings from the staff of News Source One Mikiana coupled with Christian independent artist music from Roaring Light Radio. So let's get ready to praise the Lord and smile the day away. The news is next. Welcome to 2022 Talks, where we're following our democracy in historic times. This is obviously not as significant a storm as Hurricane Ian was, but coming on the heels of that, uh, you're seeing communities, particularly in the Volusia County area, where you had a lot of that erosion on the coastline. You know, this has put some of those structures in jeopardy. Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis gives an update regarding Tropical Storm Nicole, which made landfall as a Category 1 hurricane on Florida's east coast early Thursday morning, but was later downgraded. Despite the rare late-season storm weakening, it has left thousands of Floridians without power and has worsened erosion and battered the coastline following Hurricane Ian, which hit the peninsula in late September. The Georgia Senate race is headed to a runoff next month, and all eyes are now on Arizona and Nevada. The two swing states will ultimately determine the importance of Georgia's Senate runoff race between current Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican former football star Herschel Walker as the GOP looks for a majority in the Senate. Arizona Republic National Politics reporter Ronald Hansen says it'll likely take days to count outstanding votes in the southwestern state. This is not new in Arizona. This is pretty much what we do every cycle. With Democrats having the early lead in Arizona, Republicans trailing in Nevada, and still many outstanding ballots to be tabulated, margins could shift. Deputy editor at the Nevada Current, April Corbin Gurness, says Nevada election officials are still counting, just not as quickly as everyone would like. They are counting through the weekend, and they should be done uh, by Saturday because that's a, there's a deadline for them. Even though certain election results had yet to be called on Thursday, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris expressed their gratitude to the Democratic National Committee and said they're feeling optimistic about the future. It was the first national election since January 6th, and there were a lot of concerns about whether democracy would meet the test. It did. It did. It did. Biden will be sitting down with President Xi Jinping of China next week in Bali before the G20 summit. One of the topics the two leaders are expected to discuss will be Taiwan, as China believes it's part of its territory. National Security Advisor Jack Sullivan says it'll be a chance for both presidents to meet in person and be frank about various issues ranging from trade to climate change, human rights, and North Korea. I don't think you should look at this uh, meeting as one in which there's going to be specific deliverables announced. Rather, the two leaders are going to give direction to their teams to work on a number of areas. Finally, Alex Jones, the man who promoted false conspiracy theories about the Sandy Hook school massacre, has now been ordered to pay an additional $473 million to the families of the victims for punitive damages. That brings the total amount of damages to around $1.5 billion. I'm Alex Gonzalez for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our A-Trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. It was 1918, the 11th hour of the 11th month of the 11th day. An armistice was signed or a cessation of hostilities between the Allied powers and what would be equivalent of the Axis powers over in Europe.
World War I, it began based on national pride and an assassination of Archduke King Ferdinand and his wife by a 19-year-old kid. It ended with a bloody war and a look toward a hopeful future, but also a look toward the beginning stages of another world war. Hi, how are you doing out there? Welcome to Roaring Light. It's been a week since we've been doing the podcast because I myself, for New Source One Michiana, have been focusing on elections 2022. And with my schedule yesterday, I wasn't able to do um, the resumption of Roaring Light, but here we are, another Friday morning. We're going to be uh, focusing a couple of songs today on Armistice Day. Right after the war, or sorry, right after the weather, my bad, <laughs> right after the war, funny, right after the weather with William, today we're going to go ahead and listen to the theme music for our nation's armed forces, or most of them, not the Space Force, but we also want to say a prayer for all of our veterans today. There are a number of businesses that are having discounts for the vets or free meals, um, like Martin's and several other places. And then in Elkhart, uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning, there is the ceremony uh, at the cemetery. And then there's also a number of others. If you see a veteran today or any other day, thank them from the bottom of our hearts for the service and sacrifice that they made for our country in big ways and in small ways. It means so much to them to, to thank them so much. So, the other thing we need to focus on is winter weather driving. Yes, we're going to have about one to three inches of snow in certain areas in the lake effect zones Saturday into Sunday. So you need to make sure you allow um, time for braking and driving carefully and looking out for you and looking out for your fellow man or woman. Um, so be careful. We'll have some music um, with some snow in mind as well. So be careful out there. Remember the rules of the road and welcome back to Michiana winter driving season, which will kick off in full force again Saturday into Sunday. Well, enough of me blabbing. Let's go ahead and get to William for the weather and continue our tribute to the armed forces of the United States of America. Veterans Day. Mostly cloudy, with a temperature rising to near 51 by 11 a.m., then falling to around 44 during the remainder of the day. Northwest wind 5 to 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. Friday night. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 33. Northwest wind around 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. Saturday. 
a chance of rain and snow showers before 1pm, then a chance of rain showers between 1pm and 4pm, then a chance of rain and snow showers after 4pm. Mostly cloudy, with a high near 38, west wind 10 to 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 20 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 40%. Saturday night, a 40% chance of snow showers. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 30. Northwest wind around 10 miles per hour. Sunday, partly sunny, with a high near 37. Sunday night, mostly cloudy, with a low around 25. Monday, partly sunny, with a high near 39.
big snowflake dressed in a snow-white gown. Tap, tap, tapping on your window pane to tell you she's in town. Ooh, here comes Susie Snowflake. Soon you will hear her say, Come on, everyone, and play with me. I haven't long to stay. If you want to make a snowman, I'll help you make one, one, two, three. If you want to take a sleigh ride, Just wanna make snow 
Here is a message from the Elkhart Police Department. As daylight savings time ends and drivers start spending more time on the road when it's dark, please consider these safety tips for you and your family. Wear reflective clothing when walking outside. Increased outer darkness usually means increase in pedestrian accidents. Watch for deer, which are more active this time of year. Check your headlights and taillights for functionality and visibility. Drive only if you are well rested, alert, and unimpaired. Tired driving affects reaction times and significantly increases crash risk. And drive according to the weather conditions. Also, in regards to students in the morning, be on the lookout for the big yellow flashing lights or even the speedometer that's flashing at you. Children are crossing streets. We want to be able to protect all the students who are going to and from school in the dark or even leaving home from school in the dark. Be responsible. Be alert and be cautious. Slow down when you approach them speed limits or the flashing yellow lights that are in or near school zone areas. Take care. If you know of anyone who is struggling with addiction, or maybe they need some hats, gloves, and warm clothes, you can join Stronger, Stronger Than Addiction as they will be having a community outreach happening on Saturday, November 12th at 8 a.m. in the Faith Mission area. And they will be also be handing out donuts and coffee as well as Narcan. Narcan is something that can save a life. If you know of anybody who is struggling with addiction, connect them with Stronger Than Addiction for they will have resources and be able to hear other people's stories that have struggled with this for years more recently. Stay safe and you can make a difference one step at a time. Here is another craft bazaar happening in Lakeville, Indiana. I have no idea where Lakeville, Indiana. But if you know somebody that lives around Lake Vernana, here is something you can share with them. This will take place on Saturday, November 12th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. located at 305 South Michigan Street. And there will be a special guest by Santa Claus. And you can give them a call at 574-784-2122 and ask for Gina Heesh. And she will be able to give you more and any information you would like to know. Middlebury, Indiana. Here is something just for you or anybody. You can head over to a brand new restaurant type thing that has opened up in Midbury. Then it is called Designer Donut and Coffee. 
and it's located at 201 South Main Street in Midbury, Indiana. For any questions, you can give them a call at 574-358-0117. From what I hear, you are able to pick and design your own donut from the feeling to the icing to even the decorations. So if you're in the area, head over to Design Your Donut and Coffee to check out the fun that they are having over there. Take care and have a wonderful night. Michigan, here is something just for you to kick off this holiday season. You can head over to Bucktown Christmas at the Roddy Roddy Art Center, and that will be inside the Cannon Art Center. And that will happen on Saturday, November 26th. And you can paint an ornament for $5. You can do some jewelry making for $10. Or you can visit the Artisan Market from 10 to 4. If you're looking for something to do, head over to the Cannon Art Center. Take care and have a wonderful day. Before the earth was ever formed, before a soul was born, our God was planning all the things happen Christmas morn and while the world was still a thought he had not yet expressed he knew his son would live a life through which we would be blessed Except within his mind When God decided his dear son Would heal the lame and blind The moon and stars, the sun and sky Had not yet seen a day But still God knew when Jesus spoke The oceans would obey
before the earth was ever formed, before a soul was born. Welcome again to Happy and Whole in Him. I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. I began this devotional as a way to draw us towards God in the midst of a difficult time. Multiple crises have devastated us in 2020. Where can we turn when so much is spinning out of control? We began sampling the Psalms because they are a gift from God to help us cry out to Him. And sadly, too many of us don't recognize this. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, the famous World War II German pastor, famously asked, 
How did these words, which men sang to God, come to be regarded as words from God to man? His point was that if the Psalms were Israel's words to sing and cry out to God, how is it that we now read and study them as though it's God speaking to us? The Psalms are unique in that they give us Holy Spirit-inspired words to cry out to God. We can know we're singing the right thing, that we're praying God's will. And what better aid to have to bring healing and wholeness to ourselves and our world in 2020? Michael Lefebvre writes, The beautiful thing about the Psalms is that they are above suspicion. Even if we wonder what a psalm means, we never need to wonder if it's true. We can pour our hearts into them. And how might the psalms shape our faith in this time of crisis? especially because that's the context of so many psalms. I'm going to read Psalm 9 and give but a few brief comments. I'd love it if you would just meditate on it. Perhaps take a verse or two in your hand and roll them around like a pearl all day long, and then lift them up to the Lord. Hear Psalm 9, whose title was to be sung to the tune, Death of a Son. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back. They stumble and perish before you. For you have upheld my right and my cause, sitting enthroned as the righteous judge. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Endless ruin has overtaken my enemies. You have uprooted their cities. Even the memory of them has perished. In these first six verses, David remembers what God has done in the past, and he rejoices. What has God done for you in the past to show his faithfulness that could cause you to rejoice in today's trials? Verse 7. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness and judges the peoples with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Sing the praises of the Lord enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. For he who avenges blood remembers, he does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. Verses 7 to 12 are especially for those who've been oppressed, who are in trouble, who feel forsaken, who are afflicted. Is this what you're enduring? Many in Elkhart are afflicted with COVID right now. Others have seen their livelihood impacted. I just talked to an elderly saint in the nursing home, and the isolation in 2020 is excruciating for so many there. And stress in homes in my neighborhood has caused an increase in violence call out to the God who does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. These verses are assurances to rub as a salve on our pains. Verse 13, Lord, see how my enemies persecute me. Have mercy and lift me up from the gates of death, that I may declare your praises in the gates of daughter Zion, and there rejoice in your salvation. The nations have fallen into the pit they have dug. Their feet are caught in the net they have hidden. The Lord is known by his acts of justice. The wicked are ensnared by the works of their hands. The wicked go down to the realm of the dead, all the nations that forget God. But God will never forget the needy. 
The hope of the afflicted will never perish. Arise, Lord. Do not let mortals triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Strike them with terror, Lord. Let the nations know they are only mortal. These last eight verses are a good reminder to us that God will deal with all wicked men and all wicked nations. There's the story at the Battle of Gettysburg where the federal troops were in a confused mess trying to rally after the Confederates had caught them completely off guard. A column of General Slocum's men were marching towards the Confederate firing line, which was not yet visible. And as the rebels began to whoop and holler, these Federals were on the edge of panic. As they passed the little cabin, an old bent-over woman could sense their unease, so she began to call out to them as they passed. Never mind, boys. They're nothing but men. This story is only recorded because of the impact it had on these men who became brave soldiers once again. I cannot help but wonder if this dear woman had spent time praying Psalm 9. May we do so today for the good of our neighbors. Amen. Welcome back. This is Keith here for this segment of the podcast of Roaring Light for Veterans Day 2022. Thank you again for your service, for every sacrifice that you have made if you are a vet. Salute. While we're here to salute somebody else special, back in our old talk radio days from iRadio, we used to bring you Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. We're taking a break from doing that for several months, but today we are so glad to bring back the old storyteller, Paul Harvey, again. So get ready. Here he is, Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. Here, everybody in the Blue Ridge Hills and hollows around Schuyler, Virginia, was a Baptist in those days. Doris and her family were no different, Baptists through and through. One day, Ma and Pa would say, you'll meet a fine Baptist boy who will marry you and give you a fine Baptist brood. At least that's what they expected, and they had no reason to expect otherwise. Until along came Earl. As any member of the Schuyler Baptist Church could have told you, Earl was a wild young buck, but nobody paid him or his roughneck friends or his suspiciously exuberant kinfolk much mind until Earl came calling on Doris. And Doris was 18 at the time. Earl was two years older. They reckoned they were old enough to do their own courting, but that's not how folks at the Schuyler Baptist Church had it figured. You hear who is seeing young Doris? They began whispering to one another behind politely cupped hands. And the answer, no, who? And that would be answered in turn with the appalling gossip, that rascal Earl, that's who. Could Doris's ma and pa possibly approve? Well, in fact, they did not. And to emphasize that fact, Doris's pa took that fine Baptist girl aside one evening, and this is what he said. He said, I can understand how you might take a fancy to this boy. Sometimes what's worst for us looks best. But there's one or two things you ought to know. First off, Earl comes from a family of sinners. They dance, and they sing, and they play card games, they carry on. The boy himself takes up where his kinfolk left off. He's been known to wager and to partake of intoxicating spirits. Worst of all, when he ought to be in church with the rest of us on Sunday mornings, he's been seen with a fishing pole heading for the creek. Doris's paw summed it up this way. 
I've told you these things so you'll understand. So you'll understand why I am forbidding you ever to see that no-account Earl ever again. Doris nodded sadly and went to her room in tears. The next morning, Paul found the ladder at Doris's open window. She and outlaw Earl had eloped. Doris's ma was most upset of all. The girl had disgraced the family, she said, further declaring that she would never speak to her daughter again. Well, everybody knew Doris's ma would go back on that promise. But nobody thought the elopement would last. It lasted, in fact, till death did them part 49 years later. Doris and Earl now are together once more in a little cemetery in the mountains where weeds and wildflowers play. For once upon a Blue Ridge serenade near 80 years ago, there was a wild young man who got tamed to a point by the love of a fine Baptist girl. You see, Earl said so long to his roughneck friends, and he got baptized. He joined the Schuyler Baptist Church. He even took an oath never to gamble or drink and lived up to it for the rest of his life. And he and Doris had eight children, by the way, eight of them, called their oldest son Earl Jr., Earl Hamner Jr., who one day went to Hollywood to tell a family story that you may have thought was made up. But now you've met John Boy's real mama and daddy, Doris and Earl. A Blue Ridge Romeo and Juliet who wrote their own happy ending, the Depression-era parents that the entire world came to love as the Waltons. Only now you know the rest of the story. FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, looking today at some shameful behaviour by a member of the audience at one of the world's great opera houses. A heckler has been banned for life from attending events at the Royal Opera House in London's Covent Garden after earlier this week booing the performance of a 12-year-old actor. The incident took place during the first night performance of Handel's opera Alcina when young singer Malachi Bayo took to the stage. Sir Nicholas 
Douglas Kenyon is the opera critic for the Daily Telegraph and he was at Covent Garden and witnessed the event. I became aware sitting right on the other side of the stalls of a bit of a disturbance on the other side and a lot of shushing and, and aggro going on. A single member of the audience had decided to take it into his own hands and say that this was rubbish. Uh, a, that was completely factually incorrect because he was singing brilliantly uh, and B, it's just so completely out of order for all the booing that might take place in an opera house at various points to interrupt a young singer in the course of his aria. In a statement, the Royal Opera House described the singer as astonishingly talented and said he combined great acting with beautiful singing. The heckler was ejected and then banned from ever returning. The crowd gave the young singer a standing ovation. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. A South Carolina woman who recently celebrated her 107th birthday credits God for her longevity. This is Truth Itself. Adele Julie Thompson of Santee, South Carolina, told WLTX News 19 in Columbia, I do what the Bible tells me. Thompson was born October 10, 1915, two years before the United States entered World War I and just three years after the Titanic sank. She was 26 when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. She was 48 when President John F. Kennedy was assassinated, and 53 when Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. She has lived through 20 U.S. presidents. William Howard Taft was president when she was born. Born and raised in Santee, she saw a transportation transition from horses and mules to cars. Thompson worked as a second-grade substitute teacher in the 1930s. She has three children, six grandchildren, 14 great-grandchildren, and three great-great-grandchildren. Her friends and family recently held a large outdoor birthday party for her. Thompson said, I had no dream of being 107 years, but the Lord spared me, and I try to do the right thing. I guess so people don't talk about you. She added, I thank the Lord to have me do the right thing until I do go. Thompson is not the oldest living American. That honor goes to Iowan Bessie Hendricks, who turned 115 on November 7th. Timothy Kroll from the Helios Projects says we've been called to train 3,000 untrained pastors around the world who have absolutely no Bible or theology training due to the fact they can't afford it. He said so far we have less than 1,000 who are waiting for training in 2022. Pray that we reach this goal. At trainapastor.com, $150 trains three pastors. That's trainapastor.com. You can see these stories and more on our website, truthitself.com. Truth Itself, news that impacts your faith, family, and country. Six Indiana school districts have been awarded more than $5 million in funding for cleaner school buses. The EPA Clean School Bus Program is an outgrowth of the 2021 Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill and will spend $5 billion over the next five years to begin replacing the diesel school bus fleet. Susan Mudd with the Environmental Law and Policy Center says in addition to the environmental benefits, there are public health considerations as well. Health studies such as those done by Dr. Sarah Adar of the University of Michigan Public Health found years ago that getting kids off of old, dirty diesel school buses could save 14 million school day absences per year and would help in terms of 
children's lung development. Out of this first round of funding awards, five of the six Indiana districts applied to buy electric buses with only Michigan City area schools opting for propane. One frequent reservation with electric vehicles is so-called range anxiety, concern about how far the bus can travel on a single charge. Winter is seen as the largest area of concern when electric buses must also use their battery power to generate heat for passengers. Mudd says the experience with electric buses in multiple cold weather states suggests the technology is meeting the challenge. In both Minnesota and Michigan, there have been electric buses that have been operating for over two years now through the winters and have not had problems with range. There's even been an electric school bus that's been operating in Alaska in the winter. All those three states have winters that are at least as harsh as those across Indiana. She says some districts place electric buses on shorter routes to gain confidence in battery technology. For Indiana News Service, I'm Brett Pivato. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org.
This is Keith, back here one more time with you here on Roaring Life for Veterans Day 2022. Reminder again, be careful when you're driving this weekend with the snow falling. It's going to look pretty out there, but it's very dangerous, so be very careful. Well, as you know, I'm going to be going down to Tennessee. Uh, it's going to be quite interesting for weather. Not much snow, but still dealing with some ice. And if it does snow, it's going to be not well taken care of. But in preparation for the move, it's time to say farewell to work. And because of me leaving my job after eight and a half years at Duncan Systems today, um, the time that we're going to be publishing Roaring Light is going to change starting next Monday. Uh, Roaring Light is going to be put out a little bit later in the morning. We're still going to be setting things up for music and news that'll be good for you all day. Paul Harvey will be back again uh, every day this next week. And never know, we might have a featured artist for the week again next Friday. So be aware, if you're looking for a roaring light next week at 6 a.m., it will be delayed. Uh, because obviously, I won't be at work and final preparations for the move will be happening. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Let's turn things over to Sylvia for our closing devotion. team Jesus, but some of us are not quite there yet. We know who Jesus is, and we fall short of who we ought to be, and so we get trapped in Team Devil Land, and Team Devil Land is not where we should be at, but some of us are there. Whether or not we believe in Jesus, we know he's the ultimate creator. He loves who we are. We know that voting is coming up here soon. And all the candidates out there are rooting or trying to persuade everyone to get their vote. They're saying stuff that may or may not be true about other candidates. Sometimes the stuff that the candidates are saying may not be true. We don't know for sure what they're going to be doing unless you personally know them. If we personally know who they are, then you would know the fact if they are really legit. Sometimes we choose teams based on our race or nationality, 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 and all that stuff. So we can decide, are we going to be team devil? Where we know that he's going to draw us in and we're going to fall short of his glory. Or are we going to be for team Jesus? Where we know where we're going to be, end up, and he's there for us. Through thick and thin. He never turns his back on us. He's the only one that's physically there for the world. He's there when we don't know it, but we all fall short of his glory. So when you hit the 
voting polls this week. Pray about your candidate. Make sure you are voting for the person you feel would be best equipped for us. Whether you are voting for all Democrats, whether you're voting for all Republicans, somebody somewhere, there are people who don't like politics. And so they're voting nonchalantly whether or not they believe they're voting for somebody. Be cautious as you head to these polling places as there are candidates who are just looking for the 30 seconds of fame or 15 seconds of sh- fame. There's too much political stuff on the TVs right now or you gotta vote for this person. If you don't vote for this person, then you're nobody. That's how it should be. We all should be trying to live for Team Jesus. That means we have to learn to agree to disagree sometimes or learn to disagree so we can agree on one thing. One thing's for sure. The mass majority of us know where we're going to end up. We're going to all go into that heaven land. Some of us may not be quite ready, so we're walking on thins and needles, and we want to go home, but we don't want to go to the Lord. You know, we want to go to the fiery furnace. All of us are loved by God. All of us make mistakes. We're all sinners, and we all have a story to tell. So just remember, when you go to the polling locations this week, that you think about the person in front of you and behind you, the workers and the candidates who may be out in the world today, we pray that you just figure it out. It's not who we vote for. In the end, the person we should be voting for is to live for Team Jesus. Jesus all the way. That's who we should be rooting for. But there are times where it will take us quite a few years to realize that we need to be for Team Jesus. So we pray. Heavenly Father, be with everyone as they go to their voting locations. We pray that you continue to be with everybody who is just on the last minute campaign trails. Pray that these candidates are doing the best that they can. They're not lying to the people. We know that you're the ultimate judge of us all. We pray that you be with everyone at the polling places, that everyone can agree not to go crazy. We pray that the workers, the poll workers will get the help that they need. Sometimes going to a poll location, it's crazy, insane. But you know the needs of everyone around us. Just quiet the hearts for the ones who are undecided on which candidate to go with. Be the ones who are voting all Republican or all Democrat. Sometimes politics gets in the way of who ultimate president is. So let us remember who you are. In these names we pray. Amen. Thank you, Sylvia, for that. And as we wrap up to the podcast today, let us pause and remember those who died in service for the United States of America. If you are driving, please pull over. Please lower your hats and in solemn remembrance for the playing of taps. Thank you so much. We'll see you Monday.